0: You got an idea for a new business or a new hobby, you can plan for years, but there's nothing like getting out there and just doing it, figuring it out as you go. This is the Next Simple Step Podcast. I'm Paul Goldsmith, and Angela Derrick is here as well. And today we're going to talk about how to find your entrepreneurial freedom and what to do with it once you have it. Angela, this idea of being an entrepreneur can be all-consuming. Freedom also comes with a dark side, right? <laughs> and so I know I struggle with this. And so wanted to get your perspective because when you have freedom of time, then you have the responsibility of figuring out what you're going to do with that time. <laughs> you have freedom of money. You know, if if money solved all the problems, there would be no sad, rich people, but that's not the case. So I wanted to get your perspective as a fellow entrepreneur, as a person that coaches others and Mm -hmm. helps them with their nutrition and fitness goals.
1: Okay. Yeah. Two things that I connect with that you just mentioned in there is freedom. Number one is my number one value. All of us are always living our values. We may not be aware of them. We may not be aware of what values are most important to us, unless you've like completely done assessments or you've done some inner work? Whether we realize it or not, our set of values is what's kind of in charge of our internal programming and motivating and things like that. So, freedom is my number one motivating value. That's a value I want to express in everything. And with that, my zone of genius is helping people reconnect to themselves through their feelings. Because how we feel is the driver and the motivator for every decision we make in our life, every decision. So the most critical thing, if you're trying to get into action, if you're trying to get freedom in your life, any of these things is going to come back to your feelings. People eat out of their feelings like how they feel will determine like the weight loss and things like that. But it's, it is always like that next layer. And that next layer always has to do with us expressing who we are, our values in the world, and our feelings.
0: Some people eat their feelings. Others, I feel like I work through my feelings. I get a lot of validation from my work. And thus, I can avoid some uncomfortable feelings just by doing more work.
1: Avoid being the key word you just said. And that's the problem instead of processing. It's like you can come up with the best plans in the world, but if you can't follow through with them, then what's the point? And everything that I work with people on carries over to other things. Like how you eat is how you spend your money. It's how you spend your time. And they're all emotionally driven, right? Everybody wants that feeling of freedom, right? Well, define freedom. And how do you know you have it.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll answer it for me and I'd love to get your definition. For me, it's agency that I get up every day and get to choose how I spend my time. And it's not dictated for me because I heard this quote the other day and I think it's true. Your life is what you pay attention to. And the fact that I can focus my attention on whatever I want to is freedom. And there's a great responsibility there because I don't want to waste my time or my freedom. What's it for you?
1: Freedom is the presence of choice. Hmm. Simple.
0: And how do you handle that responsibility? Do you feel as an entrepreneur, uh, as a mom, that you are exercising your freedom in alignment with your values? Do you feel pretty good about that balance?
1: So that depends, right? If freedom is us being able to choose... Then when we're in a situation where we don't feel like we have a choice, we no longer have freedom. Right. And so to me, the two sides of that coin are, I, I need more choices, not less, so that I can have more freedom. But freedom can't exist without discipline. Because if we do not have discipline, there is no freedom. We, we lose choice because the discipline is what creates the choice. Yeah. So for example... If I become an entrepreneur, which I have, and I recreate the work environment I left because that's what I know. <laughs>
0: yes, so calm right?
1: then then I have actually done away with my freedom, right. What I have to do instead is I have to really, like you said, be clear on what is it that I want? What would freedom look like for me and then create that sense of choice or I can choose, right? I need to be able to choose certain things. So what things do I need to be able to choose? But then within that, in order to maintain that sense of freedom, I need boundaries. Mm -hmm. I need discipline. If freedom looks like I work four hours a day and I always have lunch with my kids. Yes. Yeah. So you have to define what is freedom. So in a broad sense, that's where the presence of choice comes Mm -hmm. in. That's where emotional freedom comes. That's where food freedom comes. That's where all of these things come So if we're talking about work-life balance and freedom with our work and our life, then we really need to define, okay, freedom as in what does that look like? For me, I left my career to become an entrepreneur because I didn't want someone to decide when I took a vacation. I didn't want someone to decide how much money I could make. I didn't want someone to decide when I needed to be at the office and like how long I could stay there during certain weeks of the year because of certain activities that were happening. I wanted to be able to decide my own schedule. But then if I bring in clients and I give my power away to my clients, and now my clients are running my schedule, which happened, now all of a sudden I've recreated what I left.
0: Yeah. And you're seeing this now because there's a huge challenge with these hourly jobs, the ones that take away your freedom for a paycheck in finding employees because a lot of people got a taste of freedom and decided, you know what? I don't have to do that job. I can work on my own terms from home. The beauty of buying yourself some freedom, of getting in a position where you can dictate your own schedule, but this is so powerful because Angela, I'll tell you, when I started out as an entrepreneur, I started off with the same habits I had being an employee. I rented an office (laughs) 20 minutes from home and every morning I would drive there, eight o'clock, eight thirty and would show up and work till five o'clock and then hit traffic going home. And it took me two years. I'm a slow learner. Like, wait, what am I doing sitting in traffic? I'm self-employed. I don't have to do this. And this is pre-COVID lockdown stuff. I'm like, you know what? And actually, nobody's paying attention if I stick around till five o'clock. And once I discovered that, then I felt guilty leaving at three o'clock. There was this guilt, you know, am I not doing enough that I'm leaving at three to go meet my kids getting out of school? And I powered through that. I'm like, no, I'm getting results from my clients. I'm earning my paycheck, but I'm doing it on my terms. That was key. And it really did take a couple of years for that to sink in, that I could work on my terms and be a better productive uh, person if I did that, rather than this performance theater where I'm just working on a clock to impress other people.
1: And you kind of touched on something else, which is the second place that I like to get involved in and get excited about. As you said, I felt guilty. Yep. And once again, this is why we have to define our terms and be very clear about what this looks like and what this is for us. Because as soon as you start to feel guilty, now all of a sudden we are no longer in our place of freedom now we're reacting to this feeling of guilt because we don't know how to process the feeling. We don't know what the feeling's designed to tell us. Which is what I get into with this happened this comes up a lot with the binge eaters and emotional eaters I work with and restricted eaters I work with. I mean it's the same thing. How we spend our time is the same as how we spend our money is the same as how we spend our calories or eat. Because when I work with people, you know, we budget calories. That's how you lose weight. You, you budget calories. How, how do you get out of debt? You budget your your money. How do you save? How do you make more money? You budget money, right? How do you grow a business? You budget money. Well, how do you, how do you be an effective leader and manager? You budget your time. So these are all things that we have to define and we have to be clear about what feels the most true or or the best expression of what I want in my life and what does that look like? But then when we have these conflicts like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic, You know, is this really a good use of my time? Or I want to be at my kid's you know, baseball game, but I have this client thing happening and then we have some conflicts going on. That's where we get into these feelings that are really telling us the important things. The thing about feelings is that most people don't realize feelings are messengers. That is all they are. God gave us feelings to help us, to aid us, to be messengers. They're messages from us to us, and they alert us. They're an alert system to alert us to things that are important to us. When we have positive emotions, the positive emotions are alerting us, and they're grounding us and rooting us into things that we want to repeat. And they're opening, they're welcoming, they're driving us towards something. So when we feel really good about something, we're automatically pulled towards it and open towards it. That's why we feel the things we feel. When we have negative feelings, those feelings are telling us wrong way. This is not it. This is not the direction you want to go. And it's purely meant to just give us that quick hit. So it says, nope, course correct. Nope, move in a different way. Except we humans, most of us don't know how to process those feelings, receive those feelings. We don't know what to do with those feelings. We just feel the feelings and they just kind of do their own thing. And if you have a good relationship with yourself, maybe you can kind of process the guilt and figure out how to surf it. But a lot of people can't. And this is where like in my zone of genius, working with emotional eaters, they'll eat something because they're avoiding a feeling and then they'll feel immensely guilty and they'll beat themselves up. But that's not the purpose of the guilt. So back in your situation, but guilt works the same way in every, every whether you're eating, whether you're sleeping, whether you're whatever behavior. And this is what we're talking about. When we talk about balance, when we talk about freedom. We're talking about behavior point blank. Everything we do in life comes down to behavior. So if I feel like I have a work-life balance, it's because I have behaviors that feel the most in alignment to the kind of work and life that I want to live. And unless we define that, we don't know when we're in or out. And so, and there's going to be a part of us subconsciously that we may not even be aware of that might be running that program or might be running that show or deciding... That, that we may not want. We may not want to be reacting that way. That may not even be in alignment with who we are. But yet, unless we address these things, it's going to take over. So if you're at the office of three and there, and you have a conflict because you want to go to a kid's event, but there's a part of you, an entrepreneur you that says, no, we would be violating something. We would be violating our commitment somewhere, or this is not an integrity. Usually guilt is a feeling of I'm not an integrity. Mm-hmm somehow. Or I'm working and that's violating my integrity as a dad or as a mom because I need to be at the game, whichever way that guilt runs. That's a message. And those are important messages because if you are an entrepreneur and you're working and you're feeling a feeling of guilt, and you're like, why am I feeling guilty right now? Well, there's something inside of you that has great meaning that is saying, hey, I'm important. I'm alerting you to something. And the guilt can be used as a conduit to kind of get in touch with, what is this? Well, you know what? The truth is, I want to be able to go see my kid play baseball anytime I want. So what needs to change now in my work, in the way I work, in the way I operate? What needs to change in my boundaries so that I can be better aligned for how I want to express myself and the freedom that I want to have?
0: I heard this acronym that's useful in therapy. They use the acronym RAIN when you're feeling a certain way are recognize how you're feeling, allow, give yourself permission to feel that feeling because your feelings are valid. They're not good or bad. They're telling you something's going on here. And then the I is investigate. That's the the why am I feeling this way? And N is nurture. I just love that. That's a nice way of thinking about it. Of course, easier said than done because your feelings happen in real time. You don't have
1: time for them. You're like, oh no, no, I can't feel this right now. I can't do this right now. I need to move on. And as entrepreneurs, like, we got to move on to the next thing.
0: And I think that our devices are certainly not helping us. Smartphones were supposed to make our lives easier, and they've really complicated our lives in many ways. And it's different for different people. For you, it might be Facebook or Instagram. For others, it might be email. That constant dopamine hit. uh, Mm -hmm. And so I loved you mentioned freedom means you have to have boundaries and discipline uh, so that you're in alignment with your own values. How do you coach others to rein in that so that you're not constantly chained to that dopamine hit of whatever it is, avoiding the things you truly value?
1: We default to the lowest common denominator when we don't have a clear picture of what we want. So that's why it's really important to get clear if we want freedom in any area of our life. If you want a work-life balance, I think that's just a nice, pleasant way of saying, I want to feel freedom.
0: If I could offer, I don't even like the term work-life balance because a lot of folks are living to work and it should be the inverse. Obviously, you're working to have a life. How does your work fit into your life? And so it's really work-life alignment is what we're talking about here.
1: And that comes down to how it makes you feel. Yes. Because when people feel like one of those two is out of balance, it's because one is disproportionately making you feel a certain way. It's about the feelings it's giving you, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to change that, we have to say, well, what do you want? Because those feelings are saying, this isn't it. Right. But if you have what you want, it's going to feel good. Well, I'll give you an example. Last week was spring break for, for my oldest yes. daughter who's in fourth grade. And um, because I get to work on my schedule and I get to work from home. I decided. You know what? I can take her to a baseball game. There's a baseball game happening in the middle of the day. At 11 a.m. The game started at 11 a.m. It just happened to be one of the hottest days of the year so far for us. <laughs> and I was like, perfect, perfect alignment. This is why I came home. This is why I hustled. This is why I do what I do. We're going to the game, and it felt really good for me to take her to the game and to say, I'm not checking my phone. I'm not following up on emails. I'm not, these, this is what I want this time to be. And also it was the whole time I was there doing it, I was reaffirming myself that this is who I want to be as a mom. This is who I want to be as the mom entrepreneur. This is how I always envisioned my life. And so that's what we have to start with is what is that vision? When you think about having the perfect balance between you. So what is work, right? Work is simply us giving to other people, contributing in a meaningful way and being compensated on the back end. Right. But there's so many things that could be quote unquote work. We can volunteer and that's still work. It's our contribution. So we have to define what do we want that to feel like for us? How do we want that to be? And then what do we want our family life to be like? How do we want that to be? And if we don't have even just a loose definition then we have something to aim at. Then we have something to tell the brain, I'm doing it. This is it. This is mm-hmm. what it feels like. This is what I want. Otherwise, we're just surrendering ourselves to constantly give ourselves opportunities to be beaten up and to say, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. A lot of times when I'm coaching people like with fitness and food and weight loss, it's like, well, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And I'm like, so what do you want? Right. I don't know, but I don't want this. Okay. Well, if I said, hey, where do you want to drive to on vacation? I don't (laughs) don't know, know. but not Florida, right? It's okay, so we're not going to Florida. Where then would you like to go? I don't know, but not Canada. Okay. Well, I guess we're narrowing the choices, but can you successfully go and drive somewhere then? No, because I don't know. Your brain can't process. I don't know. So we have to give our brain the GPS. We have to give our brain the coordinates. It looks like, it feels like, it sounds like. And when I'm working with clients for, for helping them develop that GPS, Which is how we get our feelings, which is how we get our bearings on is this the freedom? Is this right? Is this the balance I want? Is this, does this feel right? Once we define that, that will give us the next steps, that will give us the way, and we can start training our brain. Notice when you're working with that. Notice when you're eating the way you want to eat. Notice when you're showing up for yourself, because it's going to be different for different people. And some people, they don't want to work for themselves. They want the boundaries of, going to an office, coming home, right? Yeah. I've got some friends that they're perfectly happy. That's what they want. They want to do their thing and then they're done and they're totally checked out and I, and I remember when I was now that I'm on this side of the entrepreneurial stream, I'm kind of like, man, it was nice back then when uh, when I had an end time, when it was a I'm done. Shows over, everything's done, it's finished. I'm no longer thinking about this and like something in my brain had that hard like I can stop, I can I can not think about it.
0: Instead of having a boss dictate that for you, this is why you and I both coach others, and we have coaches because we don't need somebody to dictate it, but we do need guides, we do need support. And so it's not like you have to figure everything out yourself. You just have to decide how you're going to structure your life and structure your time. And the key is to simplify one step at a time. And there's not a one size fits all because I saw this brand new book that's out. Uh, this one's called. Ambitious like a mother. And the subtitle, I just love it. I want to get your thoughts on it. Why prioritizing your career is good for your kids. The author, Laura Bazalon, she says in the book, striving for success in the workplace has the potential to make women better mothers, not worse ones.
1: That's interesting because I had a stay at home mom when I was growing up. And that's been one I've had to kind of wrestle inside because my default is a good mom stays home and just takes care of the kids and the family. But I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always known just raising kids and and only focusing all my time and attention on just them, the family, that just didn't feel right for me. It did, it did, that was frustrating to me. So it's kind of like, okay, this can't be the mix for me. It's a mix for everybody. Everybody has different ambitions. And I have a lot of friends that they do that very well, and it's like it's just not the mix for me. I've had a wrestling with how much career and me and contribution, how much kids, because it feels like I want to make the career my default and my kids come last. And then I'm always feeling that mom guilt because it's not the picture inside of me. right? But what I came to the conclusion of at one point, I think it was divinely inspired. All of a sudden I realized, wait a second, my mom did work when I was growing up. I just didn't know it. She had, She was an entrepreneur. She had a daycare during the week. And she taught piano lessons and she was a church organist (laughs) and she was doing all of these things where she was independently paid using her time and her talents. It's just, I never knew it. I never (laughs) noticed it because she was always around.
0: (laughs) But she was an entrepreneur before that was a word in our lexicon. That's fantastic. We grew up with these models. It's usually our parents. And then we, you know, if you get married, you enter into that and your, your spouse comes with a different model. And I do think that's a great source of conflict in many marriages because you come with these basic assumptions that maybe you haven't analyzed and your spouse comes with different assumptions that they haven't analyzed about who does what chores and works in the home or out of the home or raise the kids or feed the kids or whatever the case may be. And so I guess my take on this is good for that author. She's living her best life in the workplace and modeling it for her kids. I would say that that's not for everyone, but if it is for you, great. You have to define your values and you can't outsource them to some guru or author or expert. That's where we get in the wrong. We say, well, this is the way that every mother or every father or every person has to be. And that's where things get out of alignment.
1: Totally. Because not every person's an entrepreneur. I realized when I had that big aha, I am an entrepreneur because my mom was. Mm. And I never put those two together until I had that divine revelation of, of course, I'm an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur. I never saw her that way. Now I've created exactly the same life. I'm at home. I am hustling. I am working full-time, but I'm also homeschooling, (laughs) which is an interesting combination right now. And I'm also sending one kid to pre-K. Because that's better for her, and we have like this mix of things going on. But I do agree to some extent. Like I was thinking about this a lot when I was uh, working, when I was an employee, and I was working for somebody else. I was like, I'm a better employee because I'm a mom. Because of all the things I have to handle in life, that all the plan. Like I used to. One of my bosses used to get on me all the time because he's like, "You're such a planner. It's you and you having to plan. You have to plan everything." And I'm like, "Do you think these things just happen randomly? They don't. Okay." Do you think these events that we're putting on happen randomly? They don't. If I'm a mom and we leave the house, I have to plan. I have to say, okay, who's going to need snacks? Who's going to want this? Who's going to ask for water? Who's going to... And in my head, I've already, I'm already in the future and I'm planning. It's a mom skill you learn to acquire once you have little humans that you have to take care of. And that made me a better employee because I'm thinking about all those things you know, at work. Well, I do think if you are an entrepreneurial charged woman or person in general, like me, I think for women, it's tough because we have these poles on our identity. There's us, and then there's the us that we feel like we lose when we become a mother. And I literally grieved when I found out I was pregnant with my first child because I thought this is the end of my career. This is the end of me being me. (laughs) I had this catastrophic thing. It was actually a good thing because then once she was born, I was like, oh my goodness, you mean this is fun? This is fantastic. Being a parent is fantastic. I didn't know it was fun. <laughs> I just thought this was the end of me because I, I never saw myself that way. Now, as a, as a mom who does both, when you find your own mix of what, and that comes back to what is, what is your blueprint? Like what to you, does it look like your parents? It can. That could be a good thing. But maybe you don't want it to look like your parents. Maybe you want to look like something else. Well, that's a good thing too. Once you know your mix, then you can begin to kind of pull and say, well, what's the right combination for me? And I know the right combination for me is I do need to work. I do need to contribute because I feel really proud of my girls seeing mommy take on new challenges because I, I want I have two girls. I want them to feel empowered to take on whatever they want in life. But I also don't want them to feel like they have to be an entrepreneur. But I'm clear on what those things are for me and where those values are for me. And part of the reason I'm at home now, I've discovered, is because I want to teach my girls some very important fundamental things about life and about God and and things like Mm -hmm. that. And I feel like this is my season to do that. But that's because I'm clear. And there will be seasons that will change. And you may say, you know what? This was the season for this time in life. As a mother, but now this season has changed.
0: You know, values are definitely caught more than they're taught. And I think about when you have kids and your comment about it making you a better worker. Absolutely true, because it's real world experience and nothing like having to analyze your behaviors than having a kid who starts to emulate you. You're like, oh, wait, that's annoying. Why do I do
1: that? Right? That's me. Well, look at that. That's me. Absolutely. And I
0: know people say, well, wait to have kids. Uh, There is no perfect time. There's no perfect money. You're living your life and the kids are along for the ride. And I know some people like to travel and they just stop traveling when they have kids. And I remember when we started having kids, we just kept going. You strap the kids on and just keep going. I was running a half marathon a few weeks ago and I was pretty proud of myself until the mom with two toddlers in a stroller went running past. <laughs> like, okay, well, see, she's, she's doing it right there. And, figured it out. Uh, the kids were having a great time. It was awesome. I wanted to ask you about this as well. For one of the things that has really worked for me in the last couple of years that I feel has helped me have more energy. I shared this the last time you were on the pod that I've been doing CrossFit and you're a person that's always been fit, but y- you were kind of judgmental if I'm being honest. And you're like, that's so vigorous. You crazy CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little birdie has told me that now you've come to the other side. You were one of the- I was
1: super people. judgmental towards CrossFit Well, in fact, I've
0: got a clip. I wanted to play the audio <laughs> and get your response now that you're <laughs> one of the crazy-
1: You CrossFit. I so do. vigorous for you is probably going to look very different <laughs> than vigorous for me because all CrossFit is, is vigorous, honestly. So if I'm CrossFitting a whole bunch like you, walking may not feel vigorous to me. If I'm used to doing, I don't know, kipping and burpees and I don't know what else you guys do, all the other stuff.
0: All the other stuff, all you crazy it's A lot people. of kipping and
1: a lot of burpees. Right.
0: So so what <laughs> brought you to the dark side? What? Why did you need such vigorous uh, exercise with CrossFit?
1: I do stand by that statement. It's true. And vigorous will change depending upon how fit you get. So like, I look around me at some of the people in this, that the instructors mostly at mm-hmm. this CrossFit, I don't know what you call them, box. I don't know. I, I am not on the lingo yet. I look at them and I'm like, okay, wow. All right. I guess that's the standard. I guess that's possible to get there, right? I'm still like scaling everything down, Mm. very much so, right? But the reason that I decided to go ahead and look into it and join was something that I really have wanted to start to incorporate more in my coaching practice, and that is community. Hmm. Because we become who we are around and what we behold all the time, that's going to feed into our habits and behaviors. And I had started doing masterminds. I had started making huge strides in some other areas of my life and my fitness was kind of waning a little bit and i was bored and i was kind of like it was it was becoming an afterthought and i'm like well i don't mind it being an a- i don't want to think about the workout i just want to go and know that i did something and then go home but i'm going to need a community of people to push me so as i was thinking about it and i had a couple of options i was like i saw you posting stuff and i was kind of like wow okay that's pretty oh Wow. I did before ambitious. he crossfed. Right. Like, As a that's...
0: person that did not work out regularly, I went from zero that's... to 100 pretty quickly. You did.
1: Yeah. I was like, that's pretty badass. I, okay. All right. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. That's... Clearly, I've been gymming for a lot longer and he's doing <laughs> stuff like And then I had another friend who's a pastor and he posted his pictures of his before and afters with just like what six months of crossfed. Now, he was, he was very dedicated to it. Yeah. Like he was dieting, he was doing all the stuff. And I was just like, whoa. So I was finally like, okay. I'm going to check it out. These people, you know, and, I, and but I think in the back of my head, I was a little judgy towards the CrossFitters because I was afraid that I might be one. Mm. So <laughs>
0: You do tend to judge things in others that's deeply hidden inside. I'm afraid
1: back. of this, this thing that might come out if I show right. up. And I did, I jo- but the very first day, the community was the reason I was curious. And I thought, well, I may not be able to do all the stuff, but if I have a community of people pushing me, I'll be willing to learn. And they were just so, they're I, I, they were just, they're everything you hear about CrossFit community being. And I was like, okay, I need a tribe. Yeah. And right now I don't have a lot of time to think about my fitness or to devote to my habits, but I don't like where my habits are going. So I need to be around people who naturally are living and embodying the things I believe in so that I'm not thinking about it. I'm naturally. And since I've been going, my habits have started to come back online. I've been more conscious about my food all of that.
0: I think this is a a great place to come full circle because we started this conversation just about defining your freedom. And it's hard. There's a lot of distractions and life is not easy and temptations abound. And so if you want to set yourself up for success, I completely agree. Find your community and people that you want to be like that define freedom in a similar way and that are going to help you with whatever it is your goal is. That is the key there. You, you're not meant to be an island.
1: The people that live your values. Yep. I mean, and it, once again, you may not realize your living values, but everything you do expresses a value yeah. and start with that vision. And then the rest, the next right step will become clear.
0: Well said. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Next Simple Step podcast. If you'd like help clarifying your vision, getting your values in alignment, you can reach out and text the show hotline. It's 559-574-3210. And we'll talk to you next time on the next Simple Step Podcast.